0: Hello and welcome once again to the weekly inebriated scriptural exegesis and source study, or wise ass, a production of the Oklahoma Atheist, undoubtedly the most drunken Bible study produced in Oklahoma. Tonight we'll be doing 1 Samuel, second half. Never mind. <laughs> that was so good. I thought I could do it in one take. So, what are you drinking tonight? <laughs> I'm drinking Erdinger, uh, Erdinger Weisbrow, uh, it's a... Uh, Weissenbach, it's from Bavaria, or Bayern, as it says on the bottle. Aus Bayern. I've been there. They make good beer in that part of the world. So I hear.
1: Okay, um, I'm drinking beer from Vermont. Again, like a good Vermonter. (laughs) Um, I'm finishing up a Rock Art Ridge Runner and starting a Lovers Alta Garcia, or Alta Garcia Coffee Porter.
2: Coffee Porter sounds good. Yeah. All right, well, I've got a, uh... Another one from Boulevard. I'm drinking their Single Wide IPA today. Mm. It's a bit bitter for me personally, but I'm I'm a huge fan of IPAs. So, well, I have a Stella Artois. Mm. Arto is
0: it's a it's a Belgian.
3: It's a lager. Yeah, yeah, Belgium's original beer. Yeah, oh. there you go. A little bit skunky.
0: Oh no! <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. Is it a green bottle?
3: Yes, it is. There's the problem.
0: All right, enough beer talk. Second Samuel. I, I want to start out tonight, I, I know that we usually go in order, but I just, I want to start out tonight with the burning question on everyone's mind. And we, we all know what this is. How gay are they? <laughs> are they, are they kind of gay? Are they super gay? Uh, Abby, I saw your post on this uh, earlier this, oh, this okay. evening. So I know that you've uh, done a... An, a a detailed study of this problem.
1: That's how I spent my Wednesday. <laughs> 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 Little exegesis. Now I feel
0: silly for going to work. <laughs> Where I never screw off. Ever. <laughs> anyway, uh, so what do, you, what do you guys think?
2: I think in my notes I said that they were ambiguously gay. They're the ambiguously gay duo.
0: The original ambiguously gay duo. Uh, Yeah. yeah. I think we can assume that Saturday Night Live was ripping off 1 Samuel.
2: (laughs) I mean, what is actually said in the King James, and I wholly admit that I haven't read much outside about David and Jonathan, but it mentions them, their souls being knit together and... Oh, it so was the other thing. I had like three or four things that I mentioned about them being—I don't know—not not necessarily together, but they are definitely very, very, very good friends. They're definitely yeah, like,
1: attached.
2: Exactly. Jonathan loves David as much as his own soul, and yeah, so on.
1: So, oh, well, basically, go on. Uh, the post I did—I basically went through um all the text about them and. I tried to pick out, like, the crucial phrases and see where else in the Bible they um they occur and if it can be romantically interpreted. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was pretty ambiguous. Like, kissing, mostly, most of the time when people kiss in the Bible, it's like a greeting. You're like, hey, papa, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. kiss.
0: <laughs> That's I tricky. Think. Yeah, so the, there's, there's one where their, their souls are knit together. That's... And that, there's no obvious erotic connotations there, or even, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The the delighted much. So Jonathan delighted much in David. That sometimes is erotic. Uh, as yeah. It, yeah, as it was in the case of Jacob's daughter.
1: Mm-hmm. But I notice a lot of the time that was used. Um, that and another word were used, like in Deuteronomy, when people were like. We're gonna steal their women. Like they choose the woman they're gonna steal and rape, and that was the context it was used in. Like it was who they cho- chose. It was kind of creepy,
0: right? And you said that um, that it was different when the Lord uh, was pleased to, to, to choose Israel. The Lord had delight in Israel. That, mm-hmm. um, but, so he
3: wasn't gay with Israel.
0: Well, I just gotta. I've gotta say that. Um, Israel looks to me like a battered spouse. Like Yahweh keeps like beating, <laughs> I, I keep beating the shit out of them, and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, we'll, we'll do better. We love you. We love you, Daddy.
3: Don't make me do this.
0: Yeah, look what you made me do. You made me smite a whole bunch of you because you looked in the ark. You know, it just. I don't know. I, do you guys see that? I, I, yeah, that's perfect. So. When you say that, like it's it's different, like the way Yahweh delights in His chosen people, I don't know. To me, he's he's, he's like a, a typical kind of Southeast Oklahoma rapist husband type. But that's, that's... I apologize to all my Southeast Oklahoma listeners. I know that you guys are decent people.
3: <laughs> but they know the person you're talking about. They know.
0: Yeah, they know Billy Bob. <laughs> they know who I'm talking about. So there. Okay. So there's that. There's that whole choose want word that I can't I can't pronounce it because I don't know the Hebrew and... oh oh and you mentioned it has creepy sexual connotations in the book of Deuteronomy uh,
1: yeah when they're like if you choose this slave girl yeah. you know you can have her but if not yeah, that, I don't remember a lot but yeah,
0: yeah. it was creepy Deuteronomy 21 is where you you, uh, you captured women in battle after killing their husbands and fathers or no not their husbands uh, you captured virgins in battle after killing their fathers and brothers and then you can take them home and shave them and after a month they get enough stockholm syndrome you can start raping them that's the plan that's right there in deuteronomy 21 <laughs> and there are those who say oh well that's you know that's not what it looks like i mean god just likes virgins cuz they're undefiled right <laughs> Ignoring the obvious meaning in Deuteronomy, there's, there's still, uh, delight is, is clearly sexual there. But, but like you said, it's ambiguous. Yeah. It, it could also mean the other thing.
1: Mm hmm. Like, chose. Yeah, my, like, my final conclusion was just basically that, um, I think it's kind of a metaphor for King David, like, as the monarchy. Because a lot of the stories are about, they really, like, elevate King David as, you know, He's King David. He's pretty awesome, and everyone should love him. And right. Saul doesn't, so Saul's doomed.
0: Even Saul's own son uh, bowed down before the Davidic lineage, as they say. Uh
1: hmm
0: I, I don't know. I mean, there, there's so many possibilities here. I mean, they could both be historical characters who... Uh, maybe they were historical characters, for all I know. And maybe they had a secret homosexual relationship. Or maybe they just really wish they could, but they couldn't, so they just had a really tight bromance because they knew that they'd get stoned to death if they ever actually did the deed. You know know what I mean? There's a whole range of possibilities there, from just straight-up bromance to bromance plus, oh, wouldn't it be great if God didn't hate gays so much?
3: (laughs) Maybe it's just rumors.
0: Right. And we're all kind of assuming here that these are historical characters and not invented metaphors – uh, that are supposed to represent the Davidic and, and the Saul uh, lineages uh, within the his, the mythical history of Israel, which has all become somewhat muddled by this point
1: but yeah good good point I mean I'm, I kind of assume that David existed at least like at some point there is some guy named David, but yeah, it could just be personifications of a lineage right much like the, um, the Levites and well all the tribes were personified as people.
0: Right, exactly, and oftentimes they'll switch back and forth in the language from literal people to tribes and to, they just talk about, uh, 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 you know, they'll say, and they came upon Amalek. Well, they don't mean the one guy Amalek, they mean the whole tribe.
1: You know? mm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good
0: point. So there's, there's so much, there's even, there's layers of ambiguity piled upon ambiguity here because we don't know what the real historical context uh, really was. we. I, I tend to assume that there really was a historical David, but there's scant archaeological evidence to back that up. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Some, but scant. Anyway, do you guys have any more comments on this, uh, the ambiguously gay duo? Because it was fascinating stuff, a good read. I recommend that everyone go to betterthanesdras.wordpress.com and read that post.
1: Name dropped in. Yeah, well, you deserve it. <laughs>
2: I think that was pretty much it for David and, and okay. Jonathan, other than so
1: probably- i mean it is it is
2: terribly ambiguous
1: <laughs> yeah, i kind of i kind of concluded that it might be a metaphor but they chose a pretty gay metaphor <laughs> it's like the
0: gayest <laughs> metaphor in the bible by a wide margin
2: I do really like the idea of it being like representative like a an what's sort of like a parable like representative of, of tribes or of, of lineage I think that's kind of an interesting idea I never thought of that
0: you can you can play that out to where it makes sense to where yeah.
2: uh, Jonathan saying,
0: "No, no, David, get get yourself away from here. I want you to be safe. I want you to to survive to one day be the king." And then that sort of justifies uh, why David's out there marauding, which we'll see later on when he should right. be trying to ascend to the throne, which I think is like what he ought to have been doing given his you know anointed
1: status at this point. I was gonna say that's probably a good segue to start. The beginning, because that's where David gets anointed.
2: Yeah, that's in sixteen.
1: All right. So it's interesting. It begins with um, the story of David being anointed by Samuel. Um, like Samuel says, he goes through all Jesse's kids and is like, "Not you, not you." Oh, it's David. And then we cut to Saul, who's like having epileptic seizures, and he needs a heart player. So his assistant's like. Jesse has his boy, he can rent us, and so he gets a harp player. Yeah. And they they kind of conflict.
0: Yeah, it, get, it gets weirder, because later on, after this, after David's like been Saul's personal harpist for a while, later on, Saul's like, who is this David, son of Jesse? Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> dude, he's your harp player.
1: What, what kind of question is that? <laughs>
3: Maybe he meant who is this guy who wants to fight, you know, or something like that. I
0: don't know. I mean, maybe he, maybe there's a lot of people named Jesse with, name, with sons named David. I,
3: right. He can't be bothered to to know who this harp player is. Yeah,
0: but you you did get the sense that there's
1: just some
0: some sort sort of haphazard editing here because Saul oh, yeah. knows David personally, and then he's like, "Who is this guy?"
1: Well, in one of the strands, David just follows his brothers out with Saul to war. And the other one, he's part of his company.
0: Let's let's talk about uh, David and Goliath for a second.
2: I mean, let's go straight into it. But speaking of, of half hazard editing, uh, what you were saying, Abby, about it being kind of patched together in the beginning, I really thought it was odd just like the jump from chapter 16 to 17. Like, it was like, oh, okay, we're in battle now. Like, it yeah, was all it was, about mm-hmm. the in- yeah, it was really abrupt right there. It was, okay, here's David, here's where uh, Samuel anoints him. And here's where he starts, you know, playing his harp and so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden we're in battle. And yeah. And there's this <laughs> badass stomping around, you know, for 40 days. <laughs> uh, I, I thought that was another odd. The whole book right there from, I don't know, maybe 16 to to where it really starts into the narrative. You know, maybe 18 seems kind of patched together. And I'm sure it is further on, but... It's just so contrived. These oh.
0: Philistines have incredible patience to be stomping <laughs> around for 40 days like that.
2: Uh, I, don't, uh, I, I had that same thought. <laughs> uh, I guess I just like wa- watching Goliath prance around. They're like.
0: I, I've been camped out for a week or two in the wilderness, and I can't imagine just waiting for 40 days.
2: For I, day. I have to say, so far in the Bible, I've become incredibly skeptical of the number 40. <laughs> they <laughs> yeah. seem to yeah. a lot.
0: 40 and 12 feel like magic uh, numbers with special numerological right. meanings that just keep recurring.
1: Mm-hmm. Seven. Seven, eight. yeah. I love the idea
0: of trial by combat. You know, like, we're going to line up these two armies on opposite sides, but we're not going to have them fight just yet. We're going to bring out a champion from each one and have them do the fighting. And I, I apologize for the C.S. Lewis reference, but there's a good scene in the book of Narnia, in the Chronicles of Narnia, which I think are about as true as this. Uh <laughs> where, where that, that same thing happens there's a, there's a trial by combat and there's a, the king on one side and the, the high king on the other side are fighting for the you know for for who's going to surrender to whom I just, I just love that idea I'm not sure if it ever really happens uh, historically but I
1: think it's an obvious like um, narrative um, element because I mean you just have a bunch of random people fighting it's no fun but if you pick two out and put them against each other like a narrative device?
0: No, it's yeah. It's sort of like anthropomorphizing the tribes as a single person, except they're really doing it themselves. Like the Philistines, represented in the person of Goliath.
1: And I should probably point out later the part in 2 Samuel where it says someone else kills Goliath.
0: Yeah, and then they put in that little uh, King James gloss, like, oh, we met Goliath's brother. Yeah. yeah. Although
1: Edward explained it. Edward from The King and I. He always
0: explains it. He always has yeah. some... Mildly plausible, cut and paste from Matthew Henry's commentary. I don't know. I get, I lose patience with with people who are unwilling to read the text just for what it says. Mm-hmm. Who, who basically say, no, you've got to try to reinterpret it all to make it all fit together.
1: Read Ecclesiasticus forty two, and it'll it'll make sense of it. Yeah. See, I I did that for
2: years, and at some point, I had to admit I was being dishonest with myself. So, we got to Goliath. Goliath. And
0: David. And David. Indeed. Good stuff. And
2: Goliath stamps around for 40 days, and the uh, Israelites are pretty fearful of him, apparently.
0: Can I say that the um, the Greeks must have been a lot taller back then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know some Greeks, and they're, they're not much taller than, say, Puerto Ricans, which aren't very tall. <laughs> uh, generally, they're not 10 feet tall, not nearly. You know. Well, they're oh.
1: Minetian Greeks, so maybe they were... They're some special kind of Greek. They're like the basketball
2: playing Greeks. <laughs> they they could have had some, you know, genetic anomaly or something. Sure.
3: <laughs> we got Yao Ming, don't we?
2: Yeah,
0: Goliath is the exactly. Yao Ming of Philistia.
2: They just got lucky and he was...
3: So So Goliath says, if I win, you're going to be my servants. And uh, David just won't have any of that. Mm-mm. Comes yeah. at them. We all know the story. Slays him with the rock. But I, I, I remember this part. But I like reading again. After he's done killing Goliath, he cuts off his head. Yeah. Hell yeah. Slice it right off.
0: But I love is why David has so much confidence. With... He's like, dude, I fought lions. Yeah. Right. I fought, I fought lions and tigers, and bears. What? What? What do I care about this Philistine? <laughs> I'm the world's most badass shepherd. I can handle that. <laughs>
2: Or as on his side, that's got to be a huge sword because he cuts off his head with Goliath's actual sword,
3: mm-hmm. right?
0: Oh,
2: right. so if Goliath is ten foot tall, then he's got to have quite a sword on his side. Yeah. I mean, he's not doesn't walking he, around with a little bitty ones, is he?
1: Yeah, doesn't he take the sword and use it again later? Yeah. Yes, David
0: must, must be pretty buff actually
1: to carry that thing around.
2: That that's exactly my thought. It's like wow. <laughs>
1: Why is he bringing this head to Jerusalem?
2: Where else would you take it?
1: Well, he's from, he's from Bethlehem. He's oh, yeah, from that's him.
0: a good point. Well, was Jerusalem already the uh, the seat of the kingdom at that point? Or J- Judah? No. No?
1: I don't think so. Uh, in that case, I have no idea. I think David um, kills all the Jebusites and wins it next book. Hmm.
0: Maybe he brought it to Jerusalem to show the Jebusites. He's like, look what I can do. <laughs> he's got this head that's like the size of Andre the Giant.
1: Oh god, there's um there's a movie where it has um Andre the Giant as Goliath and um <clears throat> Andy Dick is David. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> it's great. I forgot his it's called, but it's really kind of a forgotten eighties movie about these two guys who make a movie about the Bible. It's fantastic, but
0: I'm totally googling that later.
1: I think In God Spoke or something. Okay, yeah. so what what's the lesson of uh
0: Uh, David and Goliath. It's trust in the lord and you can kill gigantic people if you... As long as you're chosen. Yeah, Be strong and have good courage. I feel like that's a recurring theme. Be strong and have good courage and, uh, by the way, slay the foreigners.
2: (laughs) We've seen that for a few books now. I guess in this one they started encountering foreigners who were... uh of larger stature, so they had to throw in the... And also slay the big ones, too. <laughs> yeah, well, haven't
0: they already gone up against those giants, those... Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about Anakim. that. Anakim.
2: Yeah, Ani- the Anakin. Yeah. All right, so after the story of David and Goliath, um, that's where we get, in Chapter 18, into the David and Jonathan saga. <laughs> mm, nice uh, and this is... Is this the first mention of the animosity of Saul toward David?
0: Yeah, where the women are singing their little song. Right,
2: they they sing their bit about. Saul Saul. has
0: slain his thousands, and David has tens of thousands. Exactly, you
1: hear that three times, (laughs) three different times. And actually, I think that might be like a um, a motif, like someone purposefully like riffed on it three times. It's not necessarily like a double, um, like a doublet. Like first Saul hears it, and then David hears it, and then some other people hear it. There's um, something
0: interesting here, I think. Uh, the first marriage for love that I've seen so far, we've been reading this Bible, and there's yes. been lots of marriage, but this is the first time I've heard of somebody getting married because they were in love. And I'm talking about Saul's daughter right, uh, being in love with David. And uh, you know, I've heard it said that this whole marriage for love thing is a modern invention. Well, apparently... Happened at least one other time. Mm-hmm. Before.
1: Oh, and he, he gets the um the four of a hundred Philistines to win Right, which
0: is right. like the best wedding gift ever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well it was all it was Saul's ploy to try and get David killed, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. She yeah. likes my daughter, so I'm gonna send him, I'm I'm gonna give him this impossible task to go get all these foreskins off of all these Philistines and maybe he'll get killed in the process. <laughs> It'd
0: be a win I wonder if there's some way to like, like you think he could have bribed a Moyle? <laughs> like that wouldn't work though, because those would be baby foreskins. <laughs> I'm guessing the only thing to do is to go find some Philistines and kill them. I should mention that a Moyle is a professional foreskin cutter for those of you that aren't Jewish.
3: And wouldn't the Moyle oh. have to be like, yeah, thanks, Dave? <laughs> 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 and wouldn't it have to be like saving up these foreskins and like, oh yeah, I got tons in the back. What do you, what, what <laughs> do you need?
2: Well, they didn't have biohazard bends back then. They just kind of threw them on the lawn.
0: I, I would assume that you just keep them around for good luck.
2: <laughs>
0: Maybe. You can make really versatile handbags out of them. What? Yeah, rub it a bit, it turns into a suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a terrible person. General
2: sure. mutilation has never been so amusing. I know,
0: right? <laughs> and well, at least we can take comfort in the fact that it didn't really happen. <laughs>
1: True. Well, I'm sure the Philistines. I mean, I'm sure they actually killed a lot of Philistines back in the day.
0: And I don't doubt that sometimes they took the foreskins as trophies. It just yeah, you know.
3: like a scalping. Yeah, this is of... scalping, yeah. scalp just, the other head,
0: just like that. Oh, and thank you for that image. That's good. Yeah, you've outdone me, Chaz.
1: Is there a Freudian analysis to um, Saul's spear, which he's always trying to stab David with?
0: David just keeps coming back and being like, "I'll play the harp." I'll play the harp for you some more, no big deal. You know, like, he just keeps doing it. Like, wow, well, it's like a game of dodge-em. Like, you know, I'll play some harp, it, I'll dodge a spear. You know, it's just how we roll. Got a it kind of
2: reminds me of Samson a bit, with Delilah and the,
0: oh, the Philistines. Right, right. The Philistines are upon you, Samson!
2: Right. It's like, oh yeah, I'll go play harp for that guy again. It's not like he threw a spear at me last time or anything. Now, I'm now, sure really
0: good harpists, they tend to close their eyes in the rapture of the music. I'm wondering if Saul was waiting for that opportunity. <laughs> Okay, his eyes are closed. Ah oh, damn the Lord made him dodge.
3: But still it's Saul's fault too. He you know, go to a throwing knife. Or go to him and say, Eh, it's so good to see you and stab him. Why is he to throw the spear? It's so cumbersome.
0: Yeah, there are better ways to kill your harpist. <laughs> it felt a bit a bit I don't know, like something out of a heroic narrative. Just it had that never mind. It had that recurring just
1: Yeah. Well, it's repeated kind of like chapters 18 and 19. They both begin with David and Jonathan, and then they go to Saul trying to kill David with a the spear. They're just kind of laid out like they both have the same structure. It's hmm. kind of weird. I would point out
0: here that uh, Jonathan isn't the only one of the children of Saul to spare David's life uh, because Michal or Michelle or whatever you want to call her, David's wife, does it here in, uh, in chapter 19.
1: Oh, the stuff with the household gods! I almost missed that.
2: Oh,
0: oh yeah, right, right. After she lets you know, him down, she to, builds
2: the. After yeah. she lets
0: him down to the window, she takes a whole bunch of household idols and makes them look like a guy who's sleeping. Very clever of her.
2: With goat's hair.
0: Well, yeah, goat's- right. Goat's hair at the head. Shots redemption. <laughs> very. I, I was thinking of that scene from Fellowship of the Ring, where the
1: oh, yeah, know, they're,
0: they're stabbing what they think are hobbits, but they're. Not hobbits, really. Mm.
3: So why does the the uh, the Lord's son, not physical son, but why does his wife have an idol? It's kind of odd. I didn't even, no, it's I didn't not. even
0: think about that. No, no, they're, they're oh, yeah, it's they're, not. Odd at all. yeah. They right. a Pretty it's heathenish not. lot back then.
1: Yeah, I mean it's odd to the um, to the editors like who want to pretend that they were all good monotheists. But I think it's from like the stuff in Judges and the stuff in here. I mean. Yeah. the the terrafim, like the the idols I mean they were common that's what they did mm-hmm. like they're archaeologically attested very well
0: yeah even even in the uh, the midden heaps with no pig bones we still find all those household idols and whatnot Oh yeah yeah the no pig bones is a, it's a bit of a giveaway <laughs> plus whenever you find fossilized foreskins they're always little baby foreskins. Yeah, that part I made up. That was gratuitous. That was gratuitous. I apologize.
1: Don't they have Jesus'
0: foreskin? Yeah, well, actually, I think three different churches claim to have it. Ah. So, it can't all be the real foreskin of the living God. Um,
1: Who is it? Yeah.
0: There has to be some way to test, like to do a DNA test and find out, like, wow, this this foreskin is completely clear of any genetic diseases, I assume. <laughs> I mean, he's the perfect man, right?
2: What? Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. See, now we're in the wrong testament altogether.
2: <laughs> A little off topic.
1: Of all secretly about Jesus. Right,
0: that is, is, <laughs> that is uh, what uh, Edward would say, I'm sure. So then we get to da- the, the bromance of David and Jonathan, and, mm-hmm. and how they've got to somehow find some way to sneak him oh. away so he doesn't... Get... I love that the, uh, <laughs> we didn't cover the arrow thing earlier. I love that. I love that little anecdote about the, like, coding... Oh,
2: shoot.
0: Yeah, he, he shoots the arrow, and he, and, and he codes the message in what he says to the arrow boy, which is like a golf caddy, I guess. Uh, go get my arrows, and then he codes this message in there, you know, he says, go, go, quickly, go, don't stop!
3: But what's funny <laughs> is that after he tells them to go, they embrace, right? They're, yeah, they just start talking
1: like, none yeah, of it's time. like,
3: okay, that's great. Well, that's cool. the
0: part where they start
1: making out.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: You can't talk when you're making out.
1: Yeah. I, I gotta
0: say, I, I love the King James there, because um, if you read it in other versions, it it just feels like it's been softened. Yeah, they they kissed one another and wept with one another until David exceeded. Now, when I heard that the first time, I'm like, Yeah, what? He creamed his shorts? <laughs> like what happened? <laughs> I, I, I was I was picturing just as a violent like fratage, just <laughs> like well, it doesn't really count if there's no penetration. And then he exceeded, you know.
1: But I they should <laughs> say it's controls
3: himself until, yeah. until David controls himself. Yeah, that's
0: why I hate these new translations. They sound yeah.
1: so. I... Yeah, mine says until David's grief was even greater than Jonathan's. Right. Uh-huh. He, 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 wept, like, he outwept the other guy.
0: Yeah. He's basically. They're kissing and weeping and kissing and weeping. But David is weeping the most.
1: Like, honestly, like, the King James is so iconic, but I honestly can't read it. Like, I. Don't I,
0: I, this is ridiculous, but I, like, I'll like i read the NASB or the wiki and then go back and read the King James because I enjoy the language more, but it's, it's certainly not that easy to get the meaning out of. But, you know, I've sworn unto Bruce that I will read the King James. And an oath to Bruce is not to be <laughs> taken lightly.
2: Oh, I had a question about twenty In verse 5, where it seems to tie the yearly sacrifice and everything... And it also mentions the new moon, which I thought was kind of... I don't know if that was reminiscent of an older tradition of worship of celestial bodies or what, but... Isn't the Hebrew calendar a lunar calendar? Well, yeah. Previously, it doesn't seem... I haven't seen it so... Uh, what's what word I'm looking for? It hasn't been as apparent thus far that, like, oh, we're going to have the sacrifice... <coughs> And it's going to be tied to the new moon. Like, it seemed like the moon was more a harvest thing and less of uh, a... I don't know. I could be way off. I just... When I read it, I made a note of it because I thought it was interesting. Yeah. I mean, yes, they're they're on a, a lunar calendar, but this was the first time in the Bible that I had read that, oh, it's the new moon. And also there's the, the... The Feast sacrifice. of Meat. Yeah. Right.
0: I don't know. I, I like to have a royal meat feast whenever... Wait, Every does, month. That sounded dirtier than I meant.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, David. <laughs> so David and Jonathan, so I can't get away from the theme. I don't know what the deal is with the uh, the feast of the new new moon. I'll have to like look that up later.
1: Yeah, all the yeah. different like festivals get pretty confusing. I don't really, I can't follow that.
0: I'm up for any excuse for a festival. I want to. Um, right now we have Saturday off of work because of the Jews. We have Sunday off because of the Christians. Once we get enough Muslims, we'll get Friday out.
1: <laughs> Sweet.
0: So, of course, Europe hey. will get there first. But uh, you know.
3: Hey, in uh, verse thirty, I don't, we didn't get uh, we didn't uh, go to the fact that oh, Saul yes. is now angry with Jonathan because Jonathan wanted to find out how Saul felt about David. So uh, this is the most homoerotic
0: right verse in the Bible, right? Right here, twenty thirty. You've chosen the son of Jesse. Unto the confusion of thy mother's nakedness?
1: I mean, come on. That does sound bad. That sounds but, um, way bad. Yeah, but I think that's just a product of the King James. Um, okay, Edward. It's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's really about Jesus. But, um, <laughs> no, I mean, I looked up the, my, my trans. <laughs> Sorry. Um, My translation just says, you have made friends with the son of Jesse only to bring shame on yourself and dishonor on your mother. Like, nakedness is like when Noah was drunk and naked.
0: Aren't aren't there ways of expressing dishonor that don't refer to nakedness?
1: Oh, maybe. Surely there's some
0: some way... Not, not to put what, what sounds like gender confusion into this verse. If I, if I was trying to make the case that David and Jonathan really were historical characters and gay lovers, I would lean hard on this verse.
2: I'm, I'm kind of uh, an
0: agnostic on all those questions, but, you know.
2: The Strong's is actually age sixty one seventy two, 72, um, which, one, is nakedness, nudity, or shame, and two, is implying shameful exposure, so And then it goes on and has the the translation count and which it can also mean shame, unclean, uncleanliness, or nakedness, which is uh, by far the most often used.
0: I, I think we can safely assume that the Hebrews also had that dream where you show up to work and you're not wearing any clothes. <laughs> <laughs> which we still have to this day. At least I, I had it last week.
2: So I don't know what you said. So... <clears throat> Keep it going, next, Paul. Say, the next thing that I have is pretty much David goes like escapes and goes on his what would you call it? His- Robin Hood? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, that's yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That is exactly
2: what I was looking for. His uh, band of merry men. <laughs> right? <laughs> and it, uh, Talk- what are wilderness strongholds out of curiosity? Has anyone read anything about I didn't get a chance to look it up.
1: um I, I think that like wilderness Do- they basically mean like the desert kind of. Um and I know there are like little like oasis garrisons. Okay. Um that just kind of dotted throughout the place.
2: Okay. That's also, like, do they build forts, like, out in the middle of the desert, or... Yeah. Little I, like, I know guard things out there, or what's going on here?
1: Yeah. One yeah. of the famous um, inscriptions of, like, Yahweh and his Asherah comes from one of those, like, way in the south. But it was, like, occupied by Israelites.
0: Now, you're talking about one where they found uh, Yahweh and Asherah side by side in one of those ruins, right?
1: Yeah. One of those
0: ones where they're like, oh, crap, we got to bury this before
1: anyone sees <laughs> <laughs> mm. I'm not totally sure that's the same kind of structure, but.
2: I... That makes sense. I just didn't. I had read Wilderness Strongholds and had wondered what exactly. Yeah, I'd kind of pictured
0: something like the frontier forts in the American settlement. You know, when, right. the, when the Americans were busy yeah. killing off Chaz's ancestors. Uh, <laughs>
1: I love the scene where, um he comes into the town and they sing that song, and for some reason it scares him. they think David thinks they're all gonna gang up on him or something, so he pretends to be insane
0: and there's oh, a great line about madmen
1: there at the end of twenty one
0: yeah, he feigned himself mad
1: am i short- am I short of madmen that you must bring this one <laughs> to play me?
0: <laughs> have I need of madman that you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence?
1: Did anyone notice that, um, two five? this guy, the prophet Gad, just pops out of nowhere. It's like, hey, by the way, I'm here. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. But That's some that... good editing, isn't it?
3: It gave him some good advice. Yeah, he did. Is, is, uh,
0: is the prophet Samuel dead by now? He is, right? No.
1: No, well, no. It just kind of like no. It's twenty five. Okay, but he doesn't
3: right.
2: matter at this point. Like nothing's going on with him. And, and it, well, David's in the just, woods.
1: So. Right. He's Gonna lost that plot point. Right yeah. Now. Hmm.
2: And it, it's not very eloquent. It's just like, and Samuel died. I think that's in twenty five one.
3: And we're all sad. Yeah, yeah, yada yada yada. yada. <laughs> well, they didn't have a good Samuel.
0: They, they didn't have a good Saul death narrative to steal for Samuel. <laughs> uh, so they had to write oh. it themselves.
2: So, what about the bit whenever Saul goes in to cover his feet in the cave, and <gasps> <laughs> da- David manages, in the cave where David and his men are hiding, and he manages to procure a portion of, of Saul's robe.
0: Right. You know, I've, I've spent a lot of time in church as a kid. Most of this stuff, most of it sounds at least vaguely familiar. I have never heard this story <laughs> about King Saul taking a dump in a cave and David coming up to him and being like, I
1: could have killed you! Oh, but I didn't! Because I'm horrible! And it's an incredibly important story because it ends with Saul being like, oh, I'm sorry, David. I'll... He, like, totally changes his tune.
0: There's a really sweet little, right. like, "Why um, like, can't we just talk this out and not be yeah. mortal enemies See, at the end there.
2: I, I thought that whole bit was actually kind of Odd. Whenever, like Saul's walking out of the cave, and David just kind of, you know, runs up and is like, "Oh, look! I got this piece of your cloak." <laughs> yeah. It's it's not like Saul That's was not. you know hunting hunting the land trying to kill David or anything. Uh, <laughs> it, it just seems it's like kind of odd that.
1: He's got hunchback.
2: Huts-
1: <laughs> did, did anyone notice the whole story in twenty four is pretty much repeated? Um, yes. in chapter twenty-six, right?
0: Only there, it's not a cave; it's a camp, right?
1: Yeah, right. he's but asleep. Same with him being like, "Oh, I'm sorry," and repenting to David.
0: It's just not nearly as much fun and there's not the whole You were taking a dump, and I could have killed you all <laughs> <meant> to it.
1: <laughs>
2: I think Saul has some some serious security issues. No kidding. <laughs> I mean, for a king, his secret service is seriously failing. Seriously,
0: they're <laughs> failing hard and twice.
2: Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, the story in twenty six, he's uh, he was drunk, wasn't he? Uh, you realize what we've done or here? Skipping he just from kinda...
0: one story to the other, we've we've skipped over our. Um... Our blog guest's namesake, Abigail. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Yeah, we can't skip Oh, yes, out. we have. We cannot do that. We cannot skip over Abigail.
1: Yeah, I was kind of disappointed because I'm kind of like a... I don't know. <laughs> You're kind
0: of like a... not the most heroine...
1: kind of like the mob wife. Because <laughs> David, I mean, he basically shakes Nabal down. He's mm-hmm. like... Yeah. Like what? We didn't yeah. kill anything yeah
0: <laughs> yeah that that really did feel like a shakedown to me I thought wow this is the best the redactors could do to make David look positive in this <laughs> so they shake down the ball and what does Abigail do he refuses.
1: he refuses and then Abigail runs down it's like oh King David you're awesome we all love you here take everything because you're King David like all the characters know that you know he's gonna be King David
0: she has a very Jonathan like uh, like, automatic deference to him. Love at first yeah. sight, as, as it would seem.
3: She gives him some bread, right?
1: She doesn't stop him with a tent peg. No. no. <laughs> that
0: would have changed Israel's history quite a bit. They'd have a different flag right now.
3: Oh, and then he came, and then she came back to Nabal, and in the morning after he was done being drunk.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. Had the, the hangover. First, the first
3: then... recorded
1: reference is silent treatment. <laughs> 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 Sorry, i <laughs>
3: and so she tells him uh, what she has done, and he di- his heart died that day. Mm. The one, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That his heart died within him, and he became as a stone.
0: He died of a broken heart. He did, just like Ralph on The Simpsons. <laughs> Watch as it breaks. There, there
2: it goes. Oh. And then
0: it he says they had a seizure. Oh, that is, that is such a <laughs> reinterpretation. He had a seizure. That's like saying Saul's an epileptic. You're just putting a modern gloss on these ancient words. Yeah. Although you might be right, for all I know. Well,
1: who has a seizure when they get bad news? It doesn't make a lot of
0: sense. Well, who dies suddenly like when they K- get K- bad K- news? Better. Who who falls and breaks their neck when they get bad news? I mean, that's like
1: um, lie. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: It's... That's why I love reading the Bible in sequence, because we get to build on the whole, like, it's just, wow, look at that, wow, okay, I'm learning a
3: lot. Personally, I think that David just killed him and took his wife.
0: That does seem like a more plausible... You
3: know, what, what's he going to do, refrain now? I mean, how, how many... They do this all the time. What are they...
0: Plus, at this point, David has to prove that he can also get down with women. <laughs>
2: so,
3: people are starting
2: to die. Yeah,
0: people have been talking about this whole him and Jonathan thing, so...
2: I don't think the Israelites would have been down with having a homosexual king.
1: Oh, I made a point about that because I, because originally I assumed that yeah they wouldn't they couldn't have written that because you know they no it wouldn't have survived the editing right. Then right. I thought that maybe the people who edited it already like assumed that they wouldn't have written it, so they interpreted it. Um, as not being that way. And then I just kinda it just kind of found its way in there.
0: Well, yeah, if there were two layers of, of, uh, of authorship there, it could have been the first authors, you know, didn't have the whole prohibition. Although it seems odd that they couldn't. I mean, the the, the prohibition had been around for a while by that point, right?
1: Um, Well. yeah, we, I mean, I don't really know when it was written, so it's hard to say. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there is the question of when did the Israelites first become rabidly homophobic, which is an interesting question, but a more relevant question would be, why are we still following their example to this day? Yeah. Uh, don't get me started. Okay, okay, so we got to finish this freaking book. We're in right, right around 26?
2: Yeah. David. 26 is where we have the retelling of Saul and David oh, yeah. trying to...
0: Yeah. Once again, D- David spares Saul's life in a very suspiciously similar manner to he did before.
1: Mm-hmm. And Saul once again like apologizes and swears to love David and never. you so will be Lord. Yeah. Pretty obvious. uh, When we get to the New Testament,
0: we'll see these these same sorts of recurring split stories where there's, like, there's the one story of the loaves and fishes and the other story of the loaves and fishes, and they have, like, slightly different details, but they kind
1: of feel like... In different Gospels or the same one?
0: uh, I can't remember that right now. I think it's... I think they're all in the synoptics, but the point is that the oral tradition splits off into two different threads and then later on gets Mm -hmm. redacted into a single document, Yeah. So I I have the feeling that that's what's happening here. There's two different legends about an encounter in which David spares Saul's life, and they're both getting mashed back into the narrative.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's happened a lot. Yeah. But not really. It's actually a literary device about Jesus.
0: Yeah, that's probably what it really is.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, what about in 27? The Philistines seem to have some really short-term memories. Like... Is it just me? Or they're like, oh, yeah, David, come back. Come over here. You can kill for us or whatever. I, I, I was like, mean, you
3: remember I killed ten thousands of you? Uh, they have yeah, a song about uh, it. Yeah, <laughs> All right, I, think <laughs> it
2: was,
0: I suppose that, that song doesn't translate to the Philistines. It was that. a number
2: one hit back home. <laughs> yeah, right. It got yeah. me kicked out. It was on the Billboard Top 20.
0: I'm surprised you haven't heard it. I thought it was kind of weird that he gets to be like this rogue for hire among the Philistines. Oh. To where he's even saying... Yeah, I thought that was really strange. He's even like, well, I'll fight for you, king.
2: You know? it's. Although, it does do a good job of setting up, I guess, the next battle scene or the next big scene, I guess.
1: Uh, this... I mean, it could be, like, dramatic irony. No, this really feels yeah. to me
0: like, like history. I'm, I... I I hesitate to say that about anything, like, in this part of the Bible, but this reminds me of all those times those rival emperors would come riding into Rome with legions that were up, you know, from afar, and they'd come riding back into the homeland to take over. Because, you know, David spends all his time among the Philistines, and then eventually he comes in and fights against Israel.
1: Yeah, I've heard, like, in... I mean, like, when they're talking about the history of it, when stuff doesn't really make sense, like, it might be true, because... They wouldn't have made that up. Like they wouldn't have made up David fighting with the Philistines because it's totally like contrary to everything. Yeah, it's the so-called
0: criterion of embarrassment, uh, which I don't, I don't really buy. Uh, I don't buy historical criteria generally because they don't, frankly, they don't apply Bayesian reasoning in any sort of coherent way. But I'm not going to get off on that rant right now. <laughs> I have too much beer in me to try to do mathematics.
1: I just thought he sounded a lot like Muhammad it's kind of like with roving the desert with a gang of thieves, you know, taking camel caravans. Well, I haven't read the um, Quran, so maybe it's
2: that pretty much sets up the whole final battle with Saul's death, doesn't it?
1: Mm. Well, first he's going to talk to Samuel's ghost.
2: Right, and that's that's actually I that part is. That's in chapter 28, <laughs> right, where he goes to see yeah. the, the witch of, of Endor. Indor.
0: Yes. <laughs>
3: the familiar
2: spirit part. Me too. We we actually learn a lot. Like one that well, I don't know. Do we
0: one that you can call spirits up from Sheol? Yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: Holy right. up, up until this point we hadn't had any spirits really. So it's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. The... No clear indications
0: can... of an afterlife or a, or a soul that persists after death.
2: Right. Is this the first time? Mm-hmm. I thought I think it was a... so.
0: Well, we've talked about familiar spirits before, but we haven't specified that they're actually dead ancestors or anything like that. Right, that
2: that you could actually draw someone like Samuel back from the dead, uh, which was pretty impressive.
0: (laughs) And creepy. (laughs) Indeed. Uh, The the Bible here, it's unequivocal. It's it's actually the spirit of Samuel. It's not the witch of Endor pretending to channel the spirit of Samuel. She really calls up Samuel and says, Samuel said, why do you consult me? Now the Lord has departed from you. Of course, I'd be pissed too if I was drawn back from the dead, but...
2: Uh... I, I love the the irony, or would it be irony, the, or poetic justice? I don't know. Where Because immediately preceding the story, he had sent all of the, the mediums and, and the witches and, and the psychics and everything out, right. and yeah. then he has to dress up in costume and go see his oracle, and... <laughs> Get him to call up the soul of Samuel. Thought the, that was the of
0: idea fun. of the king pretending to be a commoner in costume is a really like recurring
2: right a common
0: motif in fables and fairy tales and myths. It's good stuff. Good stuff. I think it even happens in Shrek. <laughs> so the witch of or Endor... right, wh- okay, I gotta say something funny about the witch of Endor this... sequence. What does he look like? Well, he looks like an old man wearing a robe. Oh shit! That must be the prophet Samuel. <laughs> like, what a great guess. He looks like an have- old man in a robe. Good job, Witch of Endor. You make a very plausible medium. You could out, you could outdo Jonathan Edward. An old man in a robe—that's a hit. That counts as a hit. I think Penn Teller would see right through that. This might be the first recorded example of cold reading in all of history. Right there, verse fourteen, chapter twenty-eight.
1: Uh, old man in a robe?
0: <laughs> yes,
1: yes, that's right. I know who that, that is. Like. I really noticed that. <laughs> Yeah, that's what convinces him. And so I was like, "You win, <laughs> witch! You win!" <laughs>
0: More gullible than a Jonathan Edward audience.
2: Well, the the thing. Okay, so they have their battle, right? He goes to see the psychic. The sci- psychic bo- basically says that um, the psychic who's under a death penalty, according to his own policies. Right, right. But he he pardoned, or not really pardoned, but said, "No, no, no, it's okay." Yeah. Super secret. Yeah, um, it's funny how they make exceptions when they're involved. I know, right? Wh- whenever they really need something. Uh, but so Samuel pretty much tells him some of the same stuff that he said earlier, and then that he's going to oh, yeah, die. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Oh, that and then adds the bit at the end about how he's going to die today, <laughs> <laughs> and, which isn't actually true because he dies. Well, presumably a couple of days later, unless.
0: But that's um, how you know she's not just telling you what you want to hear.
2: I guess, yeah, you gotta throw that in there. <laughs> oh yeah, by the way, you're it, gonna die. He
1: re- he repeats stuff from like fifteen twenty eight, like verbatim. Right. Where that? I'm glad
2: you had the reference because I did not note that.
1: Yeah. That? Fifteen twenty eight. Um, yeah, where's, uh, where's the repetition of it? Twenty eight
0: seventeen. Ah, I'm in the wrong chapter. <laughs>
1: And here it specifies it's David that's gonna take the kingdom before it didn't specify. Hmm.
0: Yeah. He's torn the kingdom out of your hands, just like the hem of a garment. Okay. Mm. Oh, like the hem
1: of the garment that he cut.
0: Exactly like that.
1: He was.
2: <laughs> Reoccurring <clears throat> then,
1: then, speaking of that, there's the third um, repetition in that song.
2: I know,
0: right? Um, I. I'd be willing to guess that that song predates this book.
1: Oh yeah, it's always like a famous thing they're riffing on.
0: If I was one of those people who could tell archaic Hebrew from less archaic Hebrew, I'd be able to (laughs) tell you that. But
1: there's also that um, Saul. Why is Saul one of the among the? Is Saul also among the prophets? Right. There was a short. There's this weird little. We skipped over it, but there is this short little story about Samuel, like being like a charismatic preacher. Um, that was obviously like this weird random little insert. That mostly
2: and- the reference about him being one of the prophets had to do with him being, well, with his episodes, right? About no, his-
1: that's Saul. Saul had the episode, except in the last part of 19, there's a weird story where Samuel has.
2: Oh, Okay. The-
0: but having, but yeah, oh, having like depressive episodes and having manic episodes, I mean, one, one could argue that Saul, when he was among the prophets and having this like scat singing kind of, uh, glossolalia, <laughs> like, you know, singing along with the jam band, that that's the manic phase. And, and then later, when he's like has an evil spirit and needs his own personal harpist, that's the depressive phase.
1: Oh, good point. I thought
0: that you made that point on your blog. I no. I, I, I thought I, I'm ripping you I, off right I now. I
1: assume those were two different descriptions of the same thing, but they could be the same description of different things.
0: <laughs> yeah, it could just be like manic phase, depressive phase. You know, he's just bipolar. Yeah. It's possible. You just, you know, not. It's not like mental disability is something we just invented. We just made up terms for it recently.
1: So one thing I want, are we done with Saul being bipolar? Uh, Yeah, sure. Well, we don't have to be. No, no, i got nothing more to say <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just want to say, in chapter 30, um, they bring out the epod, Epad, whatever. Right, um, right. Which apparently seems to be like a, some kind of container for the sacred lots. I've got to... Uh,
0: did it's you the, see my thing on that, that I, I was talking to you? I, I wasn't talking to you. I was commenting on your blog. Was it your blog? Was it Bruce's blog? About my theory <laughs> of, of how they use the the Urim and Thummim? No, how... Okay, this is my theory. There's there, there's two flat stones, mm-hmm. and, and maybe they look a little different. Maybe one's black, maybe one's white, maybe one's dark, maybe one's light. They go into the ephod, right? They're flat stones. They go into a pouch, right? Mm-hmm. And you just reach into one. And you reach in and you pull one out.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that.
0: And that is how, like, every time you see these lots being cast, it's always a a yes, binary sir. trial. It's a It's like this group or that group. It's <laughs> them or or that the other. So, they, they would divide it into groups and say, okay, we we sorted out this one. Now we sorted out this one. They kept going into halves. That yeah. is what the statisticians call a Bernoulli trial. <laughs> Sorry. I had to get my expertise in there. Uh, so, it has that feeling of a coin toss, but they didn't have a coin. So, they, they just reached in and grabbed either the, the Urim or the Thummim by feel yeah. and, like, pull it out and, like, oh, it's white. Therefore, the Benjamites, you know.
1: Yeah, there's. It, in chapter thirty and in twenty three, David seems he uses it and he asks God a bunch of yes or no questions, and that's how they figure out what God wants. They, yeah, I've I've heard that theory about it. then being in the pouch and being pulled out. That's if my... you invented that, you someone else beat you to it.
0: Oh no no no! I I read a whole bunch of theories on uh. on the Urim and Thummim. And that was my favorite one because it fits these mm-hmm. sequences of, of yes or no. They look like coin flip style events.
2: In chapter 30, uh, not really so much on topic. Well, on topic because it's in chapter 30. Relatively but, on
0: topic compared to some. Right. <laughs> uh, I In
2: 3017, uh, I particularly like the verse in which he smote all of the people until the evening. Uh, And there escaped not a man of them, (laughs) except for those 400, (laughs) which rode on camels. Those damn cavalry.
0: Cavalry are so mobile, you just can't slay them that easily. What we mean is there escaped not a man of them who was on foot. We killed all the foot soldiers, but the cavalry, yeah, they were on camels. What are you
3: going to do? I think you're supposed to say that last part really, really fast. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. When you're, simple, yeah. When
2: you're preaching. Slayed they slayed
3: everyone!
2: They <laughs> everyone! <laughs> Alright, so in chapter 31, unless anybody has anything else about chapter 30. Objection! I guess this no. is second C.
0: Overruled. Yeah. 31. <laughs>
2: okay. In 31, I thought it was really interesting how they dealt... Well, first, Saul and his sons meet their... Uh, their bloody end, uh, which is interesting because they fall on their swords.
1: Well, Saul does. He doesn't well, really well, see yeah, how yeah.
0: it's... Yeah, right. and we'll get to a big, we'll massive a- contradiction next book over that. So <laughs> let me just note that right now. At the end of this book, Saul takes a sword and kills himself with it.
2: Now, he does
0: ask... Next his- time, that is not what happened in second Samuel, so we'll get to that.
2: He does ask his armor bearer to run him through first.
1: Step, okay? Right.
2: But uh, then the armor bear was sore afraid. Right. He he was uh afraid and wouldn't do it. And so then Saul fell on a sword and then his armor bear promptly thought it would be a good idea to do the same thing. I
0: could see being afraid of being of, the guy like you're in the act of killing the king and someone walks in and you're like, Oh but he told me to I mean who's gonna believe you? <laughs> okay. I'd be like, okay, Saul, well, I need you to write this down and sign it that this was an assisted suicide. (laughs) I want an ironclad do-not-resuscitate order in my hands, notarized.
2: That would have been been hard to do when they were chiseling things in stone. I know, right? He totally would have died first. Uh,
0: So, yeah, I would just like to point out that Saul kills himself at the end of this book, and we will notice a very different story when we get to Second Sam.
2: What I thought was really interesting was the whole burning. Well, actually, I'm not terribly familiar with the funeral practices and like the rites of the dead and stuff for this particular time point. But was burning of the dead like something that was normal? Or I thought they used to
3: just um, um, let the bones. They, they put them away until the flesh rotted away. Am I right? And then they take oh, them in they bones. Put them in ossuary. Yeah, ossuary.
1: Right. I know that was the case thought, by like uh, Jesus's time. No, it I do much later though. Was it? I don't much I don't... later. Well, they uh, talk yeah. about burying a lot, but I don't know. This is the first
0: mention we've seen of anything resembling cremation in the Bible, right? I, I believe. Right.
1: Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, they're nailed to walls. It's pretty, yeah. pretty harsh. Yeah.
0: yeah see, to me, like what it feels like here is that. David is leading the Philistines against Israel. Like it doesn't I don't know if it says that explicitly, but you see well, da- you see David fighting with the Philistines and the next thing you know, the Philistines are are taking out the ruling house of Israel
1: and Jesus, it's like, hmm, yeah.
0: I wonder what's gonna happen next. Who's gonna be king? You know? It, it you feel like there's a backroom deal going on here. Like you help me kill off the the leaders of the house of Israel and then they'll take over and we'll maybe sign a treaty or something. I don't know. It it feels it feels to like, a, again, like a setup.
2: <laughs> what about the whole bit? Like, did David come back to fight this last battle? Because I thought that the the lords of Philistine or whatever got upset and didn't want David to battle with them. Like, they are like, oh, who's this Hebrew? And then that's when David went back and found that their hometown had been pillaged and they took all their wives and everything, but luckily didn't kill them. Nope, not his wives, at least. (laughs) Right, so he was able to uh, repossess them.
0: The the last we saw of David, he was taking his wives back,
1: right? Right. Well, there's a... I thought, actually, I was going to point out, because it was kind of nice, where um, there was the people who were too tired to fight and then after David, they killed some of the Philistines, and then they were like, oh, we'll share this with you. Share and share alike. I thought that was kind oh, of... Oh, yeah, the, oh, the yeah, ones that the, they left at the river. I thought they were guarding the stuff.
2: No, I, I um, think... They were too they,
1: weary to cross the ravine. Oh, okay. I, just, I, I, was just, I was just
0: assuming, uh, because it, the phrase in the King James is, uh, is uh, those that tarrieth by the stuff. So I... <laughs> I love that term. Uh, <laughs> apparently, stuff was a much more serious word back then than it is now.
2: But um, I have to find a way to use that. Son, don't tarry by that stuff. Yeah,
0: stop hiding in the stuff. Get then out of here. Saul
1: hide stuff? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Saul was hiding in the stuff. Uh, and David was hiding in the sheep. Then that feels like a motif to me. Like, oh, I'm not willing to be king, but if you must anoint me with oil, then let it be. You know, that's it. <laughs> I don't know. That felt like a recurring motif to me. I didn't mention that earlier. Yeah, I'm not sure. What is David doing at the end of chapter 30? What's the last thing we see David doing?
1: He sends (laughs) the spoils to the elders of Judah. Um, He sends a bunch of stuff to everyone. And then it cuts to the Philistines without really saying if David was involved.
0: Yeah, what just, does that mean? It just feels though? suspicious to me. Like David was allied with the Philistines, and the next thing you know, the Philistines are killing the people that David needs out of the way to get on the throne. Does that feel suspicious to anyone else? I, mean, I draw the obvious conclusion there, right? You guys got anything else?
3: Oh, they cut they cut off Saul's head. Did we say that?
0: <sighs>
2: yeah, that whole oh. the whole killing of Saul was kind of interesting. <laughs>
0: The way they that was, that that. was
2: that was definitely not a portion that I was familiar with. Yeah, another
0: my... incidents of the knee mail here where they they cut <laughs> up, they cut up Saul and publish it all around the land of the Philistines. Right, right. Yeah, mine
1: actually says they they take the good news to idols and people alike. Huh. Which is really interesting.
0: Yeah, we've got publish it in the house of their idols and among the people. And I, I read that originally as, as Taking Saul's armor and like posting it, like you know, like here's a piece of armor of the king that we deposed. You know, but who knows? I mean, his head was also his head was also among the artifacts that was being stripped <laughs> off there. So I assume that his knees were shipped somewhere. <laughs> oh no, wait, his body was fastened to the wall at Beth Beth Shan. Uh, hmm, where's that?
3: No, they took the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons from the wall of Beth Jean and came to Jabesh and burnt them there.
0: Hmm.
3: And it burned.
0: They made the rounds with the bodies. They
3: did. Wait,
1: they burnt them? Mine says they anointed them with spices. They were very <laughs> flammable
0: <laughs> spices. Wow. That was before they cooked them. Oh. Highly flammable spices.
1: Huh. It's pretty Well, we, we know Once that the start... King James is
0: the one right version, so I'm going to ignore yeah. whatever yours says. <laughs>
1: Once you start comparing translations, it really gets you bogged down. It really does, which is why God inspired the King James as the one uh, true translation into English. To help us out. I wish he'd stopped the evolution of the English language so we could still read it like it was 400 years ago.
0: But then it wouldn't be as fun. <laughs> Yeah, there's some, there's something about reading English that's just obscure enough to where it causes difficulty, but not so obscure that it's like Beowulf and you can't get a dot, damn thing out of it, you know.
3: I think I know why. I I thought they did, they were doing the ossuary, the bone boxes at this time, or something close to that, because they took their bones and buried them under a tree. Hmm. So they cared for the bones. That's, that's what yeah, I was thinking. And Maybe separately, they after
0: they burned
1: off the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, he Also, he's buried under a tree that he was sitting under before. Can I say that this oh. is one of the first books that feels like it has a proper closure to it?
2: Yeah.
0: Like, it yeah, really ends on, like, a, a real ending. Like, bam. do you say Bruce?
1: Yeah. Like, a
0: lot of them, it feels like, well, we're out of scroll, so we'll stop talking <laughs> now. But this one, it's like, they took the bones of the former monarch... After burning the bodies, and they buried the bones and fasted, and that was that.
1: But Samuel didn't get an ending, but Saul did. So, I I think we we forgot to mention that
0: the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead heroically stole the bodies. Huh? In verse
3: 12. Oh, yeah. All the valiant men.
0: The valiant men of Jabesh-Gilead go in and steal the bodies from the Philistines. Oh, yeah.
1: Back in chapter 11, um... I think Saul helped him out. Huh.
0: See, this is where it helps to do that thing where you check on the map to see where stuff is. <laughs> so I'm like, Josh Gilead, where is that again?
2: Who are these guys?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. In chapter
1: 11. Actually, the, and that involved an email, too.
0: I, I you're gonna have to work that into one of your posts because that's that's yeah. be such a wonderfully ne- recurrent you should just do a theme uh, a theme post <laughs> on email.
2: email is wonderful. That's that's photo <laughs> I guess. <laughs>
0: oh man. Good stuff. Okay. So you guys have any other notes or thoughts on the first book of Samuel?
2: Not I. That's it. That's it. It's a well, good I- story.
0: Yeah, I would like to thank Bruce for coming up with this idea to read the King James in 2011. Thank you, Bruce. And I would like to thank all of you for being
1: here tonight. Gracias. Hmm? Oh, wait, you're welcome. De nada. De nada, de, nada. de nada. de nada. The
0: Oklahoma Atheists Godcast is produced by the Oklahoma Atheists. The mission of the Oklahoma Atheists is to develop a community of individuals and families who value and promote critical thinking, free thought, reason, and a scientific worldview, and who seek to have a positive effect on the community at large through fellowship, rational discussion, community service, and education. For more information, please visit our website at www.OklahomaAtheist.com.